Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jennifer Rizzio. I'm the founder of Soul Language, and this is Ask and Answered by Soul. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with tangible tools to embody your divinity and create a life based on freedom. Each podcast is focused on a topic that will guide you to listening and utilizing your essential nature. During each show, I ask an expert three key questions so you can understand that you're not alone on this journey and that your soul is the key to forming a life full of abundance, purpose, and passion. The goal of each interview is for you to take away a practice that you can do right now to change your life and understand what assistance is out there in the universe to support you. And today I'm talking with Dr. Carrie Johansson, Johansson oh, so close, creating uh, your boundary castle, which I'm really kind of excited about this topic. So Dr. Carrie is a psychologist turned speaker and author. She works with teams, corporate or audiences and is dedicated to, uh, and dedicated individuals. She helps them to understand and learn how to skillfully navigate life's invariable Oh, ups and downs. Everyone, I've been up since five this morning. So bear with me. She teaches self-empowerment using evidence-based treatments to affect change, diminish trauma, and manage anxiety, resulting in a more meaningful and enjoyable personal and professional life. Her work helps organizations to combine the latest developments in psychology with easy-to-implement strategies to improve team performance. And we're going to be talking to her today about creating your boundary castle. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here. I'm very excited about this topic. So the first question I ask everyone is, what has your soul been sharing with you throughout your journey? My soul has been sharing with me really since I was a little kid that life is supposed to be enjoyable. It doesn't mean it won't sometimes be hard, but at the end of the day, you want to circle back around to a joyful approach. We, you know, for the best of my knowledge, we only get to do this once. And if we do get to do it more than once, we don't typically remember the previous time. So we might as well dig in and enjoy what we have right in front of us. I love that. So let's talk, let's ask the first question. Like, what do you mean by a boundary castle? So I was talking with a, a friend of mine, Shoshana French, who I know that you know. I love Shoshana. I love Shoshana too. And we were talking about the problem with how we're currently approaching boundaries. So boundaries is a big word these days. People are using it. Uh, a lot, but I'm mostly finding it, especially on social media, to sound a little bit like this. I set a boundary, right? Hmm. (laughs) And I wish you all could see my face because there was not eye roll there. uh, A big eye roll, right? Right. And, And what that is, is not actually a boundary. If you're talking in that tone of voice and in that kind of emphatic warrior energy, very warrior, very aggressive energy, right? Which sometimes we need to tap into for sure. But essentially that's not actually setting a boundary, that's shoving someone, right? And so one of the things that I started talking a lot about was I had this vision of boundaries as being an invitation into a variety of different levels in your life. So instead of getting fed up with people and then shoving them out, you can... Instead, 
flip this totally on its head and invite people in. And so if you come into my office, I have actually a little crystal that looks just like a castle. Love it. And then I put it on a piece of paper and I draw a series of concentric circles. So the crystal's at the top and then it's sort of like these loops coming out. And if you imagine that and think about yourself as a sovereign being, you get to choose who gets close to you and how close and far people get. So for example, if you imagine that you are the king of your castle, and I typically use the masculine in this, unless the feminine, but you know, certainly this absolutely applies to both genders, but it's going to be in that more masculine energy of choosing and setting limits. Um, and in the more feminine energy, that notion of who are you receiving and when and where. Right? So if you imagine that you're at the tip top of your castle in your room, very few people should be permitted in your room at the top of the castle. But if you want to have a metaphorical dinner party, then there's a series of people who would be downstairs. Then there's a series of people who are welcome in the courtyard, welcome on the grounds. And then there's a, several people who they don't even get to come on the grounds anymore. They are no longer welcome on the grounds because they haven't shown themselves to be good stewards once they're on your property. Okay, so I love this analogy and I know people are saying in their heads, okay, can you give me a tangible example? Because I get the story and I get the metaphor, but how do we then take that and really implement it into our everyday lives? Absolutely. So if you think about who do you wish to be closest to, those are the folks who are going to be invited in to know more about you. They are going to be the people who have that access to your innermost thoughts and feelings. They're the folks who are at the dinner table or even allowed upstairs. But you actually want to have a, a series of levels of how, of how close people get, right? So I was talking to a client the other day, and she was we were talking actually about this exact concept, and she was going through some of her friends and thinking to herself about, like, I'm recognizing that this friendship isn't very healthy, but I'm still going to see them out in the friend group. And so for her, she was taking a friend who historically had been at that metaphorical dinner table, and she was putting them out in the courtyard. So they had less access. It wasn't a weekly connection anymore. It wasn't a, oh, this is the first person I'm going to call and talk to about something big and deep. Yeah. And I, I often think that people usually in those situations, like they, the call first, what they're doing is they're calling that person who is typically unhealthy for them. Right. So, and then they expect the interchange to be different. Mm -hmm. And then they're sad or frustrated or get angry when it's not. And I also think people often feel like they're not allowed to move someone to a farther level away, right? Like the number of stories, if you just take any advice column, like if you read Dear Abby or, or you know, one of those fun columns, oftentimes there'll be questions, unfortunately, stereotypically about mother-in-law's 
who are overstepping boundaries, right? And literally mother-in-laws who will be in their children's bedrooms looking through their drawers. This is someone who needs to not just not just metaphorically, but literally be out of the room, out yeah. of the bedroom. So to take that, that metaphor or the discussion about the mother-in-law, like, how do you do that? How do you go about saying that? What do you say? How, like, cause then most people will go, well, I can't do that without hurting her feelings or she's going to get mad or, you know, my husband or is saying something else. And like, how do you go about like, with all love and due respect, like get the heck out of my bedroom. Like, how do you go about doing that without going all warrior? Right. Right. And I think a piece of how you prevent yourself from getting to warrior is that you start early, but let's say, you know, and starting early looks like deciding how your, how your house is going to run things like, who are you going to give a key to your house to? If you have someone watch your house, whether it's your mother-in-law or your neighbor, and you find that they've been in your bedroom, they don't get to watch your house again. Right. right? Some of this is literally about logistics and about, and about choosing who gets to be that close. So in the mother-in-law scenario, you wouldn't leave your mother-in-law home alone. Correct. You wouldn't leave your mother-in-law home alone. You would invite her to dinner or maybe you would take her out, right? right? Like, and if you see a series of problems, you then give folks different invitations. So this notion of the boundary castle is invitations in instead of shoves out. Now, periodically, especially with folks who don't have great boundaries themselves, they will rush through the metaphorical and literal front door of your house. And you have to train them to do something different. Love this. So how can people start off small so they can build that trust with themselves? Well, and I think that's actually a huge first step is you have to slow down and check in with yourself about what feels comfortable and what doesn't. And to resist that notion of, oh, it's just my mom, or it's just my friend, or it's just my whoever, right? Like, don't worry about it. So someone else telling you where, what level someone should be in your life, it's missing your own empowerment. Mm. And that, that freedom, right? One of the things I know that you talk a lot about is freedom, that freedom to choose what works for you and to understand that doesn't have to work for everyone else and then collaborating with the folks who are closest to you. Right? So in the situation of a partnership where there's a family member who's becoming intrusive, you're going to need to work together on that. And if you can't, then that's actually a big warning sign for your relationship. And so that's where increasing communication skills and figuring out what your limits are, and then asking what someone else's limits are, and figuring out a way to come come to a collaboration in the middle. Love that. Where do you think people fall the, the down most when it comes to that boundary setting? I think folks, especially women, end up very worried about hurting other people's feelings. 
and they somehow feel like saying no means that they're secretly saying something much larger than no. And that the no then means somehow I don't like you or I'm against you. And, and I also think we're getting a lot of cultural encouragement for no meaning something bigger and in, in ways that that is encouraging all of these shoves. I believe in something you don't, therefore you're bad and I'm going to push you away. Instead of I believe in something, oh, let's have some curiosity. What's your belief about mm. And then figuring out where you have some alignment and where you don't have alignment. Love that. So what has been that big question that you've been asking yourself lately? Like how are you stretching yourself and, and keeping your room in all of its glory? Well, and I think the big question that I've been asking myself the, the biggest question for me at the moment is how do I reach more people with good information so folks aren't feeling so helpless? So that is the big question I've been asking. And related to boundaries, I think when people are in that warrior energy where they are shoving everyone, right, where they're getting piled upon and then they're coming out of the pile like, like a superhero busting through a wall is like, Let's not get the pile on you first. Right. And everyone that's unconscious warrior, it's not conscious warrior, just so yes. you know, right? Yeah. Um, if people remember one thing from our conversation today, what is that, that kind of golden nugget that you want them to take away from? I actually today? Think, yeah, I actually think that the golden nugget today is is that you can trust yourself. And because you are, I know it's a cheesy sounding language or concept, but because you are a sovereign being, you are the only one of you in the entire world. Even if you're an identical twin, you haven't had identical experiences. Because you are the only one of you in the world, you are worth taking care of. And part of taking care of that is deciding how close and who gets to have closeness with you. And then you have a lot more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so often we are doing the same things because we can see the essence of someone, the soul of someone. And we think, okay, you know, we can see how good they are or how whole and complete they are. And they're in patterns. So Remember, you have to get to, you get to treat everyone like they're whole and complete and you have to have a relationship with what they're showing and they're doing, not with the goo, everyone, because it never works when you have a relationship with the goo. And I think a part of how you set that up for yourself, I call it both and. So you can love someone and not want them all the way in your bedroom, rifling through your drawers. Yeah. Right. You can care about a friend and not feel like they're at the level where you prioritize seeing them every week. You can enjoy your coworker and understand that their, you know, happy hour habit every night after work isn't for you. So that both and and moving away from that either or, which I think also moves you away from that piled on victim to then the unconscious bursting through warrior you have more options in the middle than those two. Beautiful. 
Love that. So can you give out uh, your website or where people can get more of your goodness? Absolutely. So my website is actually the same as the title of my just released book called Self Help on the Go. My website is selfhelponthego.com. And from there, you are welcome to call me. uh, There's a contact form that'll shoot me an email and I would be more than happy to continue this conversation. I love that. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Jennifer. This is terrific. Now, my last question is, if you were a magnet on whatever you call your higher powers refrigerator, what would your magnet say? Enjoy yourself. Love it. Yay. Well, everyone, you've been listening to Ask and Answered by Soul. I am Jennifer Urizio. And if you liked this interview, which of course you did, review it, <laughs> share it, offer it to others. Don't forget to like and comment. Uh, and if you are interested in learning more about your soul, because the Ask and Answered by Soul podcast is dedicated to helping you understand that your soul is the answer. You can secure your free sacred practice tool at soullanguage.us forward slash sacred practice. Again, you've been listening to Ask and Answered by Soul, and I'm Jennifer Rizzo. And bye for now, everyone. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour.